0: daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of The Locked on Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another show today. And the Iowa Hawkeyes are officially ranked number two in the nation. We're breaking down all that. There has been a lot of controversy regarding the Iowa Hawkeyes at number two. We're going to tell you why they deserve to be there. If you're an Iowa Hawkeye fan, you probably believe that, but let me give you some talking points so you can argue with all of your friends. Also, we're going to be breaking down the analytics of this past weekend's game, Iowa versus Penn State. What did we learn based off the snap counts? What did we learn based off how the offensive line did and what we're seeing from the analytical side? How good or bad was Spencer Petras? And where are we struggling at the most across the board? That's all coming up on the show today and also we get a little bit of interesting foreshadowing regarding the injury report as the Iowa depth chart was released Riley Moss was not on there we're talking about all that on the show today and I want to quickly thank you for making the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day you can get the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast wherever you get podcasts at for free Monday through Friday as well as on YouTube Monday through Friday at Locked on Hawkeyes this show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, with reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And again, we're going to get into all of that stuff on today's show. I do want to give you a special surprise announcement because there was Iowa Media Day yesterday. We also had Big Time Media Day a couple days ago. There's a lot to cover from a basketball perspective, including the fact that Iowa just got a commit. In the class of 2023, that's right. You probably were thinking a lot about football, thinking all about football commits. There was some really exciting stuff um, happening for Crystal Balls that I want to talk about. And the football side was Xavier and another running back that actually is already committed to another school. But while you were looking at that, Iowa lands Owen Freeman, a 6'9", 220-pound forward out of Illinois. This guy has offers from nearly every Big Ten school. We're going to be breaking that down on a special episode. Dropping later today. We're covering all things basketball. We're in the midst of football season. That does not mean our coverage stops, though, with basketball. We're going to be dropping that later today. So be on the lookout for that. So let's get into it, though. Let's kick it off the rankings. Iowa, number two in the nation, the highest since 1985. Breathe it in. This is amazing. This was beyond my wildest expectations at this point. When I looked at the Iowa schedule coming into the season, I thought, wow, this is, a, this is a tough schedule. And I thought, this is a team that has a lot of potential, has a lot of talent, but there's serious question marks. At quarterback, at defensive line, at the tackle spots, were they going to be able to overcome all of that? And were they going to be able to start quickly? Well, I think we got our answer. Six games in, was 6-0. and And with the loss of Alabama to Texas A&M, to their backup quarterback, might I add, was now number two in the nation, right behind Georgia. And there are a lot of critics out there regarding the Iowa Hawkeyes being number two. The biggest thing people say is, you should have lost this game. You should have lost this game. You should have lost to Penn State because Sean Clifford shouldn't have been injured. Well, folks, he was. He was knocked out. For that entire second half. It might I add. It's not like Penn State was bringing in a scrub. Alright. Their backup quarterback. As a four star recruit. Their backup quarterback was highly touted. He's also in his third year in the program. What more. What more could you want. Especially on a weekend where you see backup quarterbacks. Do big things. Look at Caleb Williams. At Oklahoma. Leeds Oklahoma to a big-time comeback. All right? Look at at Texas A&M. Backup quarterback. Gets a win over Alabama. That's what's happening right now. Last year, Clemson, Trevor Lawrence can't play. DJ Elgongale, I kind of butchered his name there. He comes in, does a pretty good job against Notre Dame. They don't win, but it was not because of him. So what do we do from there? Well, Penn State, you lost. Iowa went through this before as well. Back in two thousand nine, two thousand eight, Ricky Sandsy goes down against Northwestern. Not exactly what you want to have happen. Iowa loses that game. You're not sitting here looking at that and saying, "Oh man, Iowa!" you know, they they won that game. You know, if Ricky Sandsy's in. Yes, there's a good chance Iowa is in that game potentially. Excuse me. That was 2009. There's a good game. The good chance that Ricky Sandy, if he's in that game, I will beat Northwestern. They beat Ohio State, but I'm not going to take away from Northwestern. We still had a quarterback that was ready. He came in, and we got the job done, or they got the job done. I guess said Northwestern and Ohio State. So when you look at the rankings, I don't care that Sean Clifford was out. There's a reason he was out. He got hit hard, hard by Jack Campbell on a perfectly timed blitz, on a very nicely executed blitz as well with the linemen freeing up an open hole for Jack Campbell to run free for 12 yards to just drill Sean Clifford. But when you look at the biggest issue people have with Iowa being in the rankings, it is the fact that Iowa does not play football the way the Alabamas do. Iowa does not play football the way Clemsons do. Iowa does not play football the way Ohio State does. You notice I did not mention Georgia because Iowa does play football the way Georgia does. Why isn't Georgia getting some hate here? It's because they're in the SEC. Georgia. Threw the ball 12 times against Arkansas. No one's complaining about the fact that Georgia runs the ball. No one's complaining about the fact that Georgia has one of the best defenses in the nation, just like Iowa. But the biggest knock is the fact that people do not believe this defense is legitimate. And they do not believe that the offense can do anything. They look at some easy statistics to pull. For example, I was 110th in yards per game with 318. People are quick to point out that they haven't done much. It's just turnovers. Turnovers are luck. Iowa has led the country in turnovers since the start of 2017. This is no longer luck. This is a trend. The way Iowa plays zone defense allows them to have all their eyes to the ball. The way Iowa teaches defensive linemen to get their hands up allows them to tip balls so that their corners, their linebackers, their safeties can pick those balls off, and then they do big things with them after they get those turnovers. But when you look at this offense, that is probably the biggest number one knock on Iowa is they don't have a very pretty offense, but they get things done when they need to. They went up against a top Penn State defense. Brian Ferentz is patient. Spencer Petras struggled, but he was patient. And they picked the exact moment they needed to to capitalize on a Penn State defense that was aggressive on play-action plays and had been aggressive all day in blitzing. The one time they chose not to blitz, Iowa attacks and had a very nice route by Nico Regani. When you look at this offense, though, 110th in yards per game that's three with 318, but you haven't factored in the fact that Iowa wins with special teams and strong defensive play. And by special teams, we have Caleb Sudock, who should be in the running for the Lou Groza Award. We have Torrey Taylor, who is absolutely annihilating Penn State, getting so many balls within the 10-yard line. Charlie Jones at return man has been truly a difference maker for Iowa. When you look at the average starting field position of the Iowa Hawkeyes compared to their opponent, and you take that average per game, times it by eight, thinking eight drives per game on average, let's say, and you look at it over the course of the season, they are getting on average 114 more yards per game out of their special teams unit than the other team. That's 114 more yards. They are getting and getting closer to the end zone. They don't need an offense to go those 114 yards because they have their special teams doing it. When you add that on top of their offense, you know what's interesting about this? That gives them 432 yards per game on average. You know what that places them at? 39th, right behind Georgia, your number one team in the nation. Nobody has an issue with Georgia. Why are you having an issue with the Iowa Hawkeyes? I equate the Iowa Hawkeyes to essentially being Billy Bean's Oakland A's of college football they don't care about hitting home runs they care about getting on base they can't afford to go get those five-star recruits they get the two and three-star guys who want to be a hawkeye who want to play iowa football and who are going to play with everything they have in their body and they're going to play smart football the iowa hawkeyes are the og version the college ball og's version of the oakland a's Iowa's beaten three ranked teams. They've knocked out five quarterbacks at this point. So for those people out there saying it should be Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, I don't remember Iowa losing. Alabama did. I don't remember Iowa losing. Ohio State did. Georgia's the only team worthy of being above Iowa at this point. That's my soapbox, and I am sticking to it. The Iowa Hawkeyes are number two in the nation, and they deserve to be there more than anyone else in the entire nation. And I, with 100% certainty in my heart, believe that. Now, if you've been following me all year, you know I've been giving you predictions on what to expect from opposing teams' quarterbacks. I was there saying Talia Tagovaiola was going to throw two or more interceptions. I also said Sean Clifford was going to throw two or more interceptions. Both those guys coming into this game, or into their games, had thrown a collective four interceptions. Talia, only one. Sean, three. Both throw more than two, or two or more, I guess I should say, Talia, throwing a lot. Now, if you would have listened to me, you could have made some money at Prize Picks. PrizePix Picks is perfect for all of you college football fanatics out there. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know that you will too. PrizePix offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have even heard of. PrizePix offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. You can make a lot of money right now by betting on any opposing quarterback against the Iowa Hawkeyes. And right now, all of you beautiful listeners out there, use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. PrizePix allows mixed sport entries as well, so you can do basketball and football if you want. And you can do these in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. And this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, why go to the local chain auto parts store to stock to get all the parts you need? You can go to rockauto.com. The local chain auto parts store doesn't have all the parts. They have a limited capacity. And oftentimes, you have to go there, ask the front desk guy to look up the part, and probably order it from his warehouse. You're wasting time and you're wasting your money by going to a brick-and-mortar store when you can go to rockauto.com and put some time in your uh, time in your day and put some money in your pocket rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years i went to rockauto.com for two engineer filters it took me less than five minutes it saved me more than 50 dollars and i had those parts delivered directly to my door it is truly amazing and i highly recommend it so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on and they're how did you hear about us box so they know We sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And I want to thank you all for making the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can get the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get your podcast at and also on YouTube for free Monday through Friday by searching Locked on Hawkeyes. And also, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, we have LeSean Daniels, former Iowa running back on the show yesterday to break down the big win over Penn State. LaShawn is joining us every single Monday after Iowa victories or Iowa losses, which haven't happened yet, which I'm happy about. He's going to be joining us every single Monday to break down the game, so be sure to listen to that as well. Before we took a break, we talked about the rankings. Iowa deserves to be number two. I know all of you out there listening agree with that as well. I gave you some talking points and why they deserve to be number two, but I do want to talk about something a bit more concerning, and that is the injury to Riley Moss. Riley Moss, has that big interception, comes up, falls down, is injured. At the post-game press conference, Kirk Ferentz says they're optimistic, but they're going to be holding out. They want to wait to see what happens, That right? They need to probably do an MRI, do some things to see how healthy is Riley Moss. The thing to note about Iowa is that regardless of who the player is, they are going to be thinking about the long run of that player's health, which specifically for Riley Moss means they might hold him out, an extra week if it means he'll be healthy for a potential playoff run, especially when you have such good depth behind him with guys like Terry Roberts, who in some big-time playing time against Penn State came up absolutely big. Four targets, one reception allowed, two pass breakups. Terry Roberts had a great game filling in for Riley Moss. When we see the depth chart, that's where we start to get a bit concerned. Riley Moss not on the depth chart that was released for the Purdue game. Now things can change, but it's looking like Riley Moss is probably not going to play in the game on Saturday. Now we're going to hear from Kirk Ferentz later today, and we'll be breaking that down on tomorrow's episode. But until then, we do not know a for sure confirmation on Riley Moss. All we can say is that now, right now, Terry Roberts is listed as the number one corner next to Matt Hankins. And we have our first Xavier Williams sighting. You all might remember Xavier Williams. He was a big-time transfer commit from the University of Northern Iowa. He was a guy who had a walk-on opportunity to Iowa, chose the full-ride scholarship. Can you blame him there at times? I mean, he needed to get to college and wanted to be able to go to college for free. Now he was able to, after having a successful career at UNI as a defensive back playing several positions in that secondary and a great return man, he went to Iowa. He has not had an opportunity to really get any playing time to this point. I think four or five snaps at this point in garbage time. Well, now is his opportunity. He's going to potentially get in the game. He is a backup now on that depth chart. Pretty good backup to have when you have a guy who was an all-conference type player at UNI, a very good FCS school, as a backup on your top-ranked secondary. So that's where we are with Riley Moss. It is going to be a huge test, though, against Purdue. Purdue is a team that traditionally, under Jeff Braum, has destroyed the Iowa secondary, especially with one wide receiver, whether that's Rondell Moore, I believe it was Milton Wright, or Terry Wright, I think, uh, even longer than that. And then David Bell has been an absolute thorn in the side. So it is going to be a tough test for the Iowa Hawkeyes secondary. But nevertheless, I believe they're up to that test. And speaking of secondary members, the Iowa Hawkeyes had a lot of big-time recruits in the house for their big win over Penn State. And after that big win, one guy in particular got two crystal balls put in for him at 24-7 sports. Xavier, out of Southeast Polk, a five-star recruit, the most highly-touted player in the state at this point, and arguably the biggest gem left on the Iowa recruiting trail for the class of 2022. There are two crystal balls trending towards Iowa. Now, it has been trending this way for a couple weeks now, but after that big-time win over Penn State, it is looking more and more like Xavier could be going to Iowa. Now, he still has official visits left to Ohio State and Notre Dame, but Iowa is clearly in the driver's seat at this point, especially with how the secondary has been playing, and the importance of that is, wherever he goes, there's a better chance you see Caden Proctor, the nation's number one tackle in the class of 2023, also trending towards that direction. And then Kyler Casper, Kevin Casper's son, who is a four-star wide receiver, clearly high on Iowa as well, has been to several games even this this year already. Him and Xavier have been talking it up a lot. There are several pictures of him, those three, Xavier, Kyler, and Caden, along with, I believe it was Jacob Bostic, a recruit already in the class of 2022. They were talking it up. They were having a good old time at this past weekend's game, Iowa versus Penn State. So we're going to keep you posted on that. There was also another crystal ball put in. For a running back, Caleb Johnson, who is currently a three-star commit to Cal, he was in attendance, and now there's a crystal ball going to Iowa. So we'll keep you posted on all the big-time recruiting news that is happening for the Iowa football team. But with Iowa being so successful this early on in the season, with such an amazing atmosphere, Iowa beating Penn State and recruits being a part of that, you better believe recruiting is trending up for Iowa at this point. So we'll keep you posted on all that as it comes up. Now, as we do every single Tuesday, we like to get into the analytics of the game. We're going to be doing that here in a few short moments. I do want to tell you about betonline.ag because they are back and they are better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college ball action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, betonline.ag, where the game starts. And if you were anything like me, this Iowa-Penn State game left you sweating quite a bit. Well, no worries. You no longer have to worry about sweating during a big game in front of a spouse, in front of a loved one, in front of a hot date because Sweat Block has you covered. Sweat Block is here to control your excessive sweating. You no longer have to pick that black Iowa Hawkeye shirt to hide some of the sweating you have going on. You can pick whatever Hawkeye shirt you want, including gray, yellow, white, because Sweat Block has you covered. Sweat Block's anti-perspirant wipes have literally been a life changer for me. Sweat Block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirant. you simply apply it at night before bedtime go to bed the next morning you wake up wash and go about your day without worrying about sweat guaranteed i know this sounds too good to be true but i literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week and it keeps me dry the entire time no more pitting out no more picking my shirts based on which one will hide the sweat better if you or someone you love is dealing with this you have to check out sweatblock. get it today for 20 percent off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n or Amazon and CVS. All right, y'all. So as we do every Tuesday, we do like to dive into the analytics. I felt like with how big of a recruiting weekend this was, with how big of a ranking movement this was for the Iowa Hawkeyes, it was something we just couldn't ignore to this point. And I want to also remind you that we have a special bonus episode coming at you later this afternoon talking about basketball, including our most recent commit in the class of 2023, and what Fran McCaffrey, Fran McCaffrey had to say at his press conference about this Iowa basketball team and why he is excited and what got me personally excited about this upcoming season as well. So let's get into the analytics, though. As we know, Penn State was pressuring the living heck out of the Hawkeyes. And it could, you could tell. When you look at these pass-blocking grades, only one person had a pass-blocking grade above 51.8. A reminder: fifty is is very average. Tyler Linderbaum, what is who is likely going to be a first round pick this upcoming draft, an eighty four point three pass blocking grade. Cody Ant fifty one point eight. Justin Britt thirty eight point eight. Mason Richmond thirty five point nine. Connor Colby ten or twenty eight, excuse me. Nick DeYoung twenty point eight, and Kyler Shot eighteen point three. It was quite the struggle fest for our offensive line and pass blocking. Their overall pass blocking grade was 22.5, by far the worst of the season. So, when you look at Spencer Petrus's numbers, the fact that he completed 54.8% of his passes and had an adjusted completion percentage of 73.1 if you factor in the drops, pretty darn impressive. Overall, finishing 17 to 31 for 195 yards. And when you look at what Spencer Petrus is able to do, Given the fact that he is, he is kind of a tree back there. The guy cannot run to save his life. He did try, but he is not really a mobile quarterback. So when Iowa is unable to protect him the way they were unable to against Penn State, it makes things difficult. But you have to appreciate the fact that he stood in there several times and took some big hits and was still willing to not get jittery. He was not worrying about a collapsing pocket. He was staying in there trying to deliver throws. And that big time throw to Nico Reganey was all set up by perfect timing and finding the right time to attack Penn State. Up until that point, Iowa was one of seven on play action passes against Penn State. Penn State knew Iowa wanted to do play action. And what Iowa typically does for play action is they do a play action rollout. You have a tight end drop into the flat. You have another deep crosser as well. And Spencer Petrus is looking for one of those two guys. Spencer Petras, perfect time, perfect time play. Does the play action. He has a tight end roll into the flat. Nico Regani looks like he's going to do a deep crosser over in the same direction that spencer petrus is running him then he does a turn up no one is on him spencer petrus delivers a perfectly timed football a well-placed football and nico regani scores spencer petrus overall had a 66.6 overall grade again to no credit to the offensive line for helping him out because he was under duress the entire day and yet Still did not have a turnover-worthy play. Yes, he threw an interception. That was on a dropped ball by Nico Regani, who had two more drops this season. To add on to, I believe, his other two drops he already had earlier in the season to give him four on the season. The guy has great routes, just bad hands at times. But Spencer still stuck in there, delivered a very solid performance, and this offensive line has got to get it going. What Penn State did, they delivered a very good game plan. They knew they had the secondary to shut down Iowa's wide receivers to a degree. And they knew as long as they brought pressure, they only had to cover for two to two and a half seconds. And that's what they did. The good news for Iowa going into this for the rest of the season is they are not going to face a secondary like they did with Penn State again. The best defense they have coming up is Wisconsin at this point, but they are not facing a test like they did against Penn State going forward. And Iowa's offensive line is going to continue to gel and get better. We have seen this before. Back in 2019, where Iowa ultimately won the Holiday Bowl, their offensive line was looking real bad against Michigan and Penn State. Penn State dominated them at the line of scrimmage. Iowa got it together towards the end of the season. This is a young offensive line, an offensive line that's still coming together. Iowa will pick it up, and the good news is, knowing outside of a few star players that they're going to be facing, Iowa is not facing a team like they did against Penn State in that defense. Now, against Purdue, they have a first-round, potential potential first-round defensive end in George Carl Aftis that they are going to need to focus on heavily. But at least across the board, Purdue is not a Penn State. They are a much better defense than they have been in the past, but they are not a Penn State. Thank God for that. When you look at what Iowa did, though, outside of that, I thought they did a great job of sticking to the run. 41 rushes for 133 yards, only a 3.2 yard per carry average, but they needed to stick to that. They had a lot of plays that were blown up in the backfield, and yet despite that, Iowa continued to press forward. Tyler Goodson had 88 of those 133 yards and had 2.8 yards after contact. The only area of success really for Iowa in this game was running right behind Tyler Linderbaum. 15 of the 41 rushes for 82 yards, out of the 133, were right behind Tyler Linderbaum. The success is up the middle, and we owe a lot of our success on the day to Tyler Linderbaum, who was an absolute madman against Penn State. Run blocking-wise, the Iowa Hawkeyes did significantly better, but you need to see them improve in pass protection, especially when you have a quarterback like a Spencer Peters, who was unable to move very well. Defensively speaking, Iowa did a pretty good job all around, as we saw. Yes, they struggled those first couple of drives, but we knew they were going to struggle those first couple of drives. I said they were going to struggle those first couple of drives. Bill Parker does a great job, one of the best in the business at adjusting after the fact. And we knew going into this game, the big person to key on was Jahan Dotson. In this game, targeted 16 times, only eight receptions for 48 yards allowed. And six of those receptions was when he when he was in the slot or operating against our linebackers. Not much you can really do there. On the defensive line pr- perspective, 19 pressures, only one sack, but 19 pressures. Deontay Craig, three pressures in a limited time with one sack. Zach from Valkenberg coming through in the clutch with another three pressures. Seth Benson, three as well. Joe Evans, three. Lucas Van Ness, two. Jack Campbell, two. And John Wagoner, two. And one of the things we mentioned about this game was that they were going to have to worry about Seth, Seth, or sorry, Sean Clifford. They were going to have to worry about him and potentially drop some guys in coverage, and that's exactly what they did. They dropped Zach and Valkenberg in coverage twice. They dropped Joe Evans in coverage f- coverage five times, and Deontay Craig in coverage two times. You see Phil Parker getting a little bit more acclimated to handling a running quarterback like that, and after that first half, they did a pretty good job of shutting down Tracon Robinson, a dual-threat guy at quarterback. Now, as we've seen in previous games, Iowa still needs to improve tackling against some of these big-time teams. They struggled a little bit in this game. A 59.3 tackling grade, Seth Benson missed two tackles, so did Terry Roberts. They need to improve on their tackling in order to be a more effective team. But nevertheless, despite not having the best tackling, Iowa still had a very strong defensive effort, still holding another team below 25 points. And special teams-wise, we know what happened here. They had a phenomenal game. Caleb Shudok, 3-3 of on field goals. He has been automatic this season. Troy Taylor, nine punts, 398 yards for a 44.2 average, and pinned Penn State deep several times. That is our analytical breakdown for your Tuesday morning show, the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. And if you want more Big Ten content, talking about the Iowa Hawkeyes, talking about Penn State, talking about the landscape of the Big Ten, you have to check out Nate Dickinson in the Locked Big Ten podcast. He does a phenomenal job over there. Daily shows Monday through Friday, wherever you get podcasts at, and also on YouTube at Lockdown Big 10 That does do it for our show today. We do have a bonus episode dropping later today covering all things basketball. And, of course, we have a regularly scheduled content dropping tomorrow morning as we break down the press conferences between Kirk Ferentz and Jeff Brom and what we learned from both of those opportunities to listen to those coaches. So stay tuned for that as well. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes. Have a phenomenal Tuesday an even better week, and let's go Hawks.